refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, as I said earlier, uh, the budget kind of makes my eyes glaze over. And I do know that this is stuff that I do need to know, which is why I have the amazing Phil Bambach, our money man, on the show because he breaks it down for me into terms that I can understand. And Phil is a sick, sick puppy because he actually does enjoy watching the budget. Phil, welcome back to The Juice. How you doing, Louise? And I do have a reason for liking it. I think when I was in my financial planning mode in my life, I thought about this a bit. Um, things come out in the budget that are like rivers of gold, ways to stru- structure people better or strategies. And I've always found it um, quite fascinating to watch and think about how I can move and shift my businesses. So that's kind of where the, the excitement comes from yeah. um, within me. Yeah. yeah, and I get that. I do get that. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I Otherwise, mean, it's totally boring for most people. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, it is. But it's it's stuff that we do need to know. And, mm. um, you know, often it's quite long-winded. And, and what I love is that you can grab it and go, okay, uh, I've got to. I've got to explain this to Louise. She hates figures, so you break it down into a way that uh, we can all understand. So I guess the big question is, yeah, what's in it for me? Like the at the average Joe, um, let's let's first have a look at uh, at I guess the losers in the budget this year. Look, I reckon most people are losing. I don't particularly think it's a great budget for the average person. Mm. And I'm thinking about my mum and dad who are self-funded retirees. I'm thinking about my sister who's a sole, you know, her kids are grown up, but she's a single woman. Yep. Um, about my brother-in-law who's got some PTSD issues and struggles just generally. So, you know, if I think about all those people, mm, I'm not overly excited about it. Right. I, often I'm not though. So, you know, but there are some big losers. Um the arts took a, a smashing again this year, so music and the arts. And I yep. think that over time, sadly, there's some push or move within political circles to just destroy it because it's the funding just keeps disappearing and disappearing, which for the size of the industry just astounds me. Like it's, it employs so many people and pushes so much money into the economy. Like most people wouldn't realise it's as big as the mining sector in a lot of ways and Mm. The employment in that industry too. So anyway, so the arts, the arts kind of loses. Um, it doesn't surprise and me. Yeah, and and look, <laughs> just going, just circling back to that, you know, yeah, Tina yeah. Arena did make a really good point um, because the the arts and and uh, particularly music. Every time there's a flood, there's a fire, there's anything that that we need to get behind. Uh, the arts are the first people to put their hand up and donate their time. And over this pandemic, the arts have struggled harder than most industries. I think the only one that I can think of that's probably comparable is the travel industry. And where, you know, as Tina Arena said, we got crickets. No one's helping us. Um, No, they got got crickets. They got no funding for a lot of their workers because of the way the economy is structured with the gig gigs that everyone does in the arts world and mm. I personally think it's disgraceful what's happened over the last couple of years yeah. for both the, you know, for both those industries um, but yeah, you know I've got a, a bit of affiliation with the arts, I like arts a lot but I, it's, it's disgraceful it really is. Yeah. Anyway that's mm. my rant for today okay. um, but yeah look, renters and people um, priced out of the housing market, they're going to be losers it's, it's tough for them in this 
environment with, you know, things just costing more and more and we're in an inflationary environment or as I like to call it, we're in an environment where our dollar is being devalued. Yeah. Um, you can't buy as much. Um, and the environment, you know, there's a, a big cut in spending to the environment. So the three losers, the arts, the environment, renters and people. Uh, priced out of the housing market, sad but true. Yeah, and look, the the housing market, I mean, particularly in in the Hunter, it's just bloody exploded house prices, hasn't it? Um, it has. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's money just travelling down the freeway. Um, in the old days, you know, the money for real estate used to travel down the rivers and then it was along the train tracks and now it's the freeways and there is a mass exodus coming out of Sydney and from Melbourne and, and those areas to... To our area, it's a beautiful area. You can't blame people, but it's certainly putting a lot of pressure on the market. Yeah, 100% yeah. it is, 100% it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you sort of think about how how you get the, the deposit together to even enter the market um, is <clears throat> is such a challenge for uh, the everyday man at the moment. And then the rental market is pretty much non-existent. So it's it's tough times out there. So, it is tough time. yeah, what are the key forecasts for the budget? Uh, look, they're looking. I, I think the key ones are around unemployment and inflation and wages mm. levels, and they're they're sort of saying that unemployment is low at three point seven five percent, moving into twenty two twenty three. And to be honest, I don't think that number is very reflective of the stress that the gig economy places on people, or I don't think it measures very well the amount of people that want more work. Mm. Uh, maybe they're employed full time, but they just can't survive anyway. So they need a second job or a side hustle or something. So yeah. unemployment, you know, is low. But we haven't had a sort of any migration into the country for a long time, and there was really a net, I think, migration out when Corona hit for a little while. But um, that's one. Inflation is measured by CPI at three percent. Look, it's inflation is massive overseas. I, I think that's going to rise, to be honest. So. Mm. I know that my beautiful wife feels that when she goes to the store and buys our weekly groceries yeah. and fills up her car, like it's not nothing. It's actually quite significant if you're trying to live the way you were living six months ago. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about wages rising by you know a certain number of percent by 22, 23. And I have to say as a business owner, there's superannuation guarantees coming in, which so we're going to pay more super pretty soon. It's a really tight labour market. So whilst that's probably true that wages will rise, I think it'll all be eaten up by inflation. So the net sum value of it for everyone is zero, I reckon. Yeah. 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 Sad but true again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 3.25% um, wage increase isn't isn't insignificant to a small business owner uh, across no. across their pay payroll. No, it's it can be the difference between opening and closing, and you know realistically, the the engine of this country is the SME market, the small business market. Yep, we employ more people than almost anybody in any other market, and um, most businesses don't make money for the first three years, and most businesses are closed when they start in the first five to eight years. So there's a lot of pressure on those businesses to keep employing to pay more wages. I think. We haven't really seen the liquidations that I thought we might, like people going bankrupt, but I think it's starting. I think we're going to start to see it. Yeah, um, well, particularly with the government support, uh, you know, that was that was sort of a, a bit of it, and we've talked about that, the JobKeeper was a bit of a false economy situation, yeah. and that's all been stripped back now, and the rubber is hitting the road in 2022. Uh, we, if yeah. we thought 2020 was bad, that was a cakewalk uh, as a business owner compared with now. 
I'm worried about um, a lot of the construction jobs, the tradies that can't get supply of product to even do the, the jobs that they're trying to do. There's a lot of pressure on supply chains at the moment. Mm. It's also going to cause a, a bit of an issue in that market. But anyway, that's, that's what's happening. That's the key the key things. Yeah. Um, All there's right. a couple of things that they've thrown into the budget, um, which we can talk about next if you like, Louise, or we can talk about it now, I don't mind. But, you know, I, I think it's a... Personally, it's a little bit of an insult to put a $420 cost of living tax offset for low to middle income earners and expect that people are going to be happy with that. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't pay for anything and doesn't seem to me to be creating any kind of long-term benefit for people in that in that sort of bracket, that income bracket. So I, I think that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. We're back with Phil Bambach on this very special Money Mondays and Phil is forcing me to understand the budget. Now, as I have said before, it's not my jam and that's why I have Phil because he breaks it down and goes, Louise, this is what you need to know. So in the first segment, we talked about the losers in the budget. Uh, We talked about the key forecasts. So now we're talking about what everybody is talking about and that is the cost of living. If you've gone to the shops recently or you filled up your car, you would know that there is some challenges around that. It certainly is. Um, I reckon that most people are pretty frightened, actually, of yeah. where the inflationary pressure is moving towards. 100%. Um, more frightened than they're letting on because it's if we see a quarter of a percent or half a percent uh, rise in interest rates on you know, on debt and then bang, it just costs us more money at the, at the Bowser and costs us more money at Coles or Woolies or wherever we go. It, people are in trouble, I think, in their yeah. cash flow you know, situation, sadly. But... For the, the government's thrown out, you know, a couple of, um, you know, one-off payments, $420. They call it the cost of living tax offset for low and middle income earners. I call that a loser. Yes, it's nice to get 420 bucks, but how far does it realistically go in today's environment? And if you're a pensioner, you get a $250 cost of living payment, which I also think is a loser. Mm. Um, because I know my mum and dad, and I, they spend hardly anything. Uh, but I can almost guarantee that $250 might go help them out for three weeks or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's a bit sad. Yeah. Yeah, it goes nowhere. So they're also talking about, oh, for an average family, saving around $300 um, by cutting the petrol and diesel excise for six months. Look, it all adds up. I get it. Um, you know, there's 700 and something dollars for the average people there and 550 for some pensioners maybe, but... I don't think that really even puts a dent in the cost of living. So I don't mm. really see how that's at all at all a winner for the budget. But it's in there. So, yep. you know, great, great for that. Um, there is a lot of uh, movement in the PBS safety net, so the prescribed benefits scheme. So people getting their uh, medicines and prescriptions a little bit cheaper, which will help a lot of people, obviously. We've got a, you know, a large percentage of the population that take a lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and look, the last sort of run of things here that I've mentioned, I, I kind of look at the budget as, you know, how can I tap into the government money? How can I realign my businesses, um, you know, to hit those rivers of gold? Because government money is one of the best monies to tap into if you're in business because it's large and it's, you know, it's an ocean of money. Yeah. Um, so for businesses, there's some support for small businesses to adapt better digital technology um, with tax incentives. I think it's like 120% tax incentive, and I kind of see that as being in that cyber space for my mm. insurance business, so I think I can tap into that. 
Um, there's a whole heap more money being thrown at apprentices and traineeships. So what's happened in the past is 50% of their wages uh, get paid by the government. I can tap into that. I, you know, I'll look at putting trainees and apprentices on in my businesses. Um, I did like that there's uh, some extra money being delivered to um, you know, the National Plan to End Violence Against Women and Children. Yes. Um, however, I reckon it probably needs another 20 times what they spend. Yes. Because, you know, like that's just a guess. I wouldn't have any idea whether that's the right amount, but I reckon they could fix it if they threw enough money at it or at least go a lot further and make it so it's not such a critical problem in society at the moment. Absolutely. And it really is. I did a uh, – it's uh, – it's, uh, National Sexual Violence Awareness Month, April, and I did a, uh, a show on that last week, and it is critical. And women trying to get out of that situation, there is, you know, no uh, – the shelters are full. Um, yep. You know, COVID has, has uh, exacerbated that problem because everybody was home together, and it, it really is a national crisis. And um, money fixes it. So uh, a lot of the time, the statistics say that women don't move on or don't make decisions because they don't have money, basically, to do the things that they need to do and to support their family. So I think there could be a lot more done. Um, a lot more needs to be done in that space, for sure. Yeah. Um, they're talking about uh, you know 10,000 more affordable homes, which is great. But I think we're like 40,000 short at the moment. So, <laughs> it, you know, yeah. that's great. But I'd like 40. <laughs> More affordable homes, thanks. Yes. Um, defense always gets money. National security always gets money. You know, the roads always get get money. Education seems to go in ebbs and flows. But I, I did like that. Um, there's a little bit more money going to uh, our Indigenous Australians to help with their advancement strategy. I think that everyone in this country would think, I think, that um, more could be done. Yes. Certainly, more efficient work could be done in that space. Yes. Um, so I'm pretty happy about that. And I know there's a lot of money going to the National Disability Insurance Scheme, so the NDIS. So I've actually seen in my insurance business the um, the ballooning number of startups that are providing services into the NDIS scheme because there is such a lot of government money to help mm. uh, people who are in this scheme. So, I, you know, I think we could probably tap into that in our businesses as well. So I kind of look at all that as uh, not a great budget for people, but I'm trying to look at it from my own perspective and maybe teach others to look at where is the silver lining, how can I shift my thinking, my opportunities at work or, or in business to, you know, to try and align myself with some easier, easier money. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. certainly does. It certainly does. Mm. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's not uh, – it's not not fantastic overall, um, and you know, and a lot of people are really feeling the crunch. Um, you know, and as you say, four hundred and twenty, you know, might fill your car up a couple of times at the moment. Um, so you know, there there is a long way to go, and there there always is uh, improvements, and there are winners and losers in every budget. Uh, but yeah. it is definitely about understanding it so that you can, particularly if you're in business, uh, capitalize on it if you can. Um, yeah, if you can, sure. Yeah. But um, I, I think the over my fifty foot or five hundred meter helicopter view, or whatever you want to call it, is. I think the average person's in a bit of trouble moving forward over the next 12 to 24 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Sadly. 
Look, I uh, I look forward to our chats and how we might best navigate that. You've always got some um, fantastic insights and I'm sure people will be really wanting to hear them. So I really thank you for breaking this down and uh, and getting people to sort of understand the nuts and bolts of the budget. It is a lot for the layman to understand. So I really thank you for breaking that down for us today, Phil. Look, I, I hope it helps and have a great Monday. Oh, we certainly will. That was Phil Bambach, our money man here on Money Mondays on The Juice.